You know, years ago, I wrote a, a poem where I took all the attributes of 1 Corinthians 13 and, you know, love is patient, love is kind, so on and so forth. And then 1 John 3.18, which says, little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's good to start here, right? The fruit of the Spirit, the, the first crowning, real kind of defining fruit is love. Yeah. Uh, are you interrupting me? No, I'm just <laughs> pointing. Of I, I was just. <laughs> do you do a poem every time we have a podcast? Uh, yes. I, I'm noticing. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> if not out loud in my heart. Do you have any poems that you have not said out loud that we do not know of? I like oh, that. Sure. Uh, I like the silent yeah. poem you do. The what? The silent one. <laughs> Give us a Rachel poem. Give us a Rachel poem that you wrote for Rachel poem? that we've never heard. Oh, yeah. I'll throw down on that one. Yeah, these were the first words Rachel heard of my love for her. Now, this uh, is your wife. My wife, Ray Comfort's daughter. My friend. Ray, it's, she's basically Ray Comfort without a beard, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, Please don't tell her that. It'll puff her up. Uh, come my house... I show you my fruits tree. By the way, guys, uh, Arabs do have. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. By the way, Arabs do have this bad habit of always using the plural for fruit. You don't say like, hey, can I have, do you have any fruit like in your house? It's, do you have fruits? And so we're talking about the fruit of the spirit today. If you're an Arab Ray, it would be the fruits. I got it. Fruits. Say Ray in your best Jewish accent, fruits of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I know. What do you say? The fruits of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I know the fruits of the spirit. (laughs) Still recovering from COVID, friends. Um, I am recovered from. I always have to clarify that. I am recovered from COVID. I wouldn't be around my friends if I wasn't. Speak it out. But there's some residuals going on. Uh, Ray, why do you always go Indian with any accent you do? Because I love India. Okay, Ray, do do a Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always. All right, friends. Uh, <laughs> we are talk- talking Here we go. about the fruit. Could you put that cigar down? <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the fruit of the spirit today on the Way the Master podcast. And uh, guys, this this really is one of my favorite subjects. I'm writing a book right now, as you guys know. And uh, you guys know, I'm on page three. As you guys, <laughs> not that far, Mark. Yeah, I've got the title. No, can you guys believe I'm actually almost done with chapter fourteen? Of how many chapters? He started with thirteen, like twenty-eight or something. I got a lot more chapters coming, but we're getting there. Uh, but I, I'm dealing with this topic right now in writing the book, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's interesting mm-hmm. because there's I preach about this in some sermons, but I've never taken the time to articulate certain aspects of, of this whole thing on the fruit of the Spirit, and it's been really fun doing that. And uh, this is this is good to talk about, right? I mean, Ray, you have zero fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> but uh, we'll let you pretend like you know what you're talking about on this subject. Uh, anyway, Ray, you thought we were going to talk about love. How did you get there? We, because I, I, love is the fulfilling of the law. If you have love, then all the other fruits will just manifest. So you're making it up. <laughs> What's, uh, what does love to... got to do? Yes. Got to do with it. Oh, poor. So, okay, let's jump into it. Uh, Oscar seems sane today. <laughs> the group. Just listening and enjoying your insanity. Yeah. 
Oscar, fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, 16 through 26 is really where we, where we find it. And we'll, we'll get into that passage, but how key is the fruit of the spirit to the life of the Christian? Yeah, it's the, uh, that's a great question. It's the promise, um, that God is at work through his spirit in us. And I would say before we even get into the list that we all are all told, told to memorize, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and on and on it goes. Um, it's important. <laughs> Which means he doesn't know it. So on and so forth. <laughs> it's important to remember uh, those first few words, the fruit of the spirit. That's key because if we don't understand that, we actually can't understand what's going on with the rest of the text. Uh, and first and foremost, just quick observations. Uh, it is not the fruits, plural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much like Revelation, there's no S at the uh, end of that. Big pet peeve. Uh, in other oh, words... I just got to stop. That is a huge pet peeve I have. If someone comes <laughs> out and says, read the book of Revelations, I know all about the person that's talking to me. Wait, yeah. he nasty. Get up on some revelations. That's right. Shout at me. First episodes in New York where I thought I was going to die. Oh, that's one of the best. We'll have to play some clips on here sometime. Sorry, Oscar that's Ray. Okay. Rudely, I, I'm rudely used to it. Um, but it's important for us to recognize that it is it is one fruit uh, coming from God and given to us. And it's not because you can't you can't grow in one of those areas and not grow right. in another. And the other thing that's important about fruit is that in order for fruit to grow. It takes time. Hmm. And I've learned this thoroughly because my son was gifted an avocado tree three years ago. And to this day, I have not eaten an avocado. And it is growing in my backyard. So the kids are eating them? Or I have, no, there's no... It takes forever to get these is things. Is the tree near a neighbor's wall? It is not. Uh, it just... Apparently, avocado trees take forever. And I am oh, not man. a green thumb. This is not something that I do, but my son is... Oh, really? I have learned that uh, it takes a long time to grow these things. And why I'm bringing that up because, sincerely, God at work in us is not a switch of a light. It is not an overnight thing. When you become a Christian, he goes to work, and over time, the fruit of the Spirit begins to grow in your life. And you grow and you spiritually mature mature and grow, and it is an ongoing process that you spend the rest of your Christian life experiencing uh, and living out. And then the last key thing about the fruit of the Spirit is that it's not Oscar's fruit. It is not Easy's fruit. It is not Ray or Mark's fruit. It is the Spirit's fruit. Amen. It is the Spirit coming into our lives and transforming us to become more clear image bearers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Good. I was going to say real quick, Oscar, I'm glad you clarified that your son's a green thumb because I want to say, who who was the cruel person to give a little boy an avocado tree okay, so for like Christmas or their birthday or something? Here's Yay! how that happened. He was We were at church on a Sunday and uh, our friend Eric was in, this is, I hope Eric listens to this because I have, he's my pet peeve. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's like a brother. Um, but No, you can't make kids, up for it. The kids Good are life. in Sunday school and Eric is asking them questions and he tells them, Whoever gets most of these Bible questions right, I'm going to give you an avocado tree. And my son, the green thumb, is like throwing his hands up and answers all the questions. And so Eric's like, oh, congratulations, you've won an avocado tree. So my son comes out, Dad, I won an avocado tree. Well, I won the pit of the avocado. I just need to Basically, plant it. so Eric's like, yeah, yeah. So he calls me when he's like, hey, I'm coming over with the avocado tree. Can you go to the store and buy some things? I spent like $200 on this. <laughs> 
And he plants this tree, and three years later, no avocados. So, Eric, if you're listening, please never give my kids anything. Where did he, ever come, where did he come up with an avocado tree? As a- he lo- he's got like a farm in his backyard. Okay. And so you need to go and talk to that tree. <laughs> And so I'm laying, I'm laying an axe at the root right here. That's right. Bring forth you know, this, I have to never. say real quick, though, this is a bit painful for me because... Say it real quick. Because on our last home, yeah. I had planted... Oh, that's right. I had, I think a I lot had of like fruit trees, 13, didn't you? I think I had 13 fruit trees, and that was just phase one. I mean, we, we had a good amount of property, and, uh, and then we moved. And honestly, my biggest heartbreak was they were like my babies. And I became the traditional, typical Arab man. My kids would mock me. I would walk outside. I'd put one hand behind my back, the other one holding it. I would hunch over <laughs> and I would walk. I and mean, I would count the number of Would you roots. really? See, I don't even know how to say it. On each tree. To me, it was, a, want, it was an answer to prayer when you moved because I got sick of getting photos of your fruit every two minutes. <laughs> oh, that's when we had our fruit war. That's right, we had fruit wars. Yeah, and then you started going and trying to get trees, but you didn't match. We yeah. planted an avocado tree probably about 10 to 15 feet away from my neighbor's wall, and he asked me to move it. It's going to rake the wall. He said the roots yes, are so evasive that they go well, That's why you get directions. dwarfs, Mark. You get a dwarf. I would dwarf never get a tree. giant. I would get a dwarf. Well, it, aren't they all dwarfs to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> well, they stay dwarf. No, but, um, but oh, my nectarine tree. Oh, my apple tree. <laughs> this is idolatry. Oh. Sounds like it. It's anyway, idolatry. I, I'm scared. I've been tempted to sneak into that yard and pet my old trees. Oh, but, excuse me, though, but, but I have the fruit of the spirit. They'd so I be do that. huge and bearing fruit now, and they're owned by oh, somebody else. Stop it! <laughs> You're sounding like Ken Ham, who torments me about yes. different things. All right, guys. So, uh, Oscar, that was that was really well said. You know, right. they will know that we are Christians by our love one for another, right? And I, I think it is very important to camp out for just a moment on what Oscar had said that. The fruit of the Spirit possesses all of these characteristics. So you cannot say that I have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, self-control, but I don't have any faithfulness. Mm. right? Or take out any one of the mm-hmm. numbers in the list. No, you have all of that. All of that is there. They're at an infantile stage. They will continue to grow. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And we grow at different rates, right? We learn precept upon precept. Uh, We are changed from glory to glory. But some people do have a little bit more of a mature growth in that they are, they've been maybe forgiven much, so therefore they want to love much, and they are all in. When my wife, Laura, when we were just dating, (coughs) she was born again in a fire, right? When I met her, she obviously had a very ungodly lifestyle, and she started hanging out with us in larger groups of people, and she had such a change to her that it was a miracle, and it is the greatest miracle we'll ever see is somebody get born again and now begin to have these different aspects come forward. So you can't have the fruit of the Spirit and not have self-control. Say, sorry, I just can't help but look at her. No, that, that, that's not it. That's not right. And First John tells us, look, you can't say you, you can't love God and then hate your neighbor or hate your brother. You can't do that. It all is par for the course. So it's all one thing. Just like a cheeseburger, by definition, it includes the meat and the lettuce and the raw onions, the grilled onions, and the deep fried onions, which are all really good. It's uh, one thirty in the afternoon. What are you trying to do to us? Uh, so a yeah, cheeseburger right. includes all the elements of the cheeseburger. So is the fruit of the Spirit, 
It's all of it. And it's not sing. It's not uh, plural. It's singular. Mm-hmm. That reminded me, Mark, when I was a kid. One of the, the tormenting things we do to people, I think, it was through the Taco Bell drive-through, is we pull up and say, "Yeah, I'd like a bean and cheese burrito with no beans and no cheese." Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tortilla? No. Bean and cheese burrito? No beans, no cheese. Ray anyway. went through Taco Bell one time when he came here from uh, New Zealand. It's me and Sue. Oh, t- Taco. No, no, what happened is we we, we stopped and to give her an order and we turned the motor off, not realizing that that's how they know somebody was there. They and hear we, the noise we, of the car. Yeah, they hear the noise of the car and say, can I help you? So we sat there for 10 minutes saying, why won't they serve us? No and the other thing is, once I stopped the car and walked right up to the window, not realizing it was just for cars. Oh, no. Well, But Ray, what did you did, order at Taco Bell yeah, that made you pull over? That's what you ordered, Ray. Remind me. Yeah. You ordered too many tacos. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I had, uh, yes. I ended up with, what, 23 or something like that. It was just crazy. I thought Your that's... accent. Yeah, yeah, it was this a bit of a mess. terrible, you guys. I have the post-COVID laugh. That is <laughs> you, do you sound like a smoker? You <laughs> <laughs> sound like an old man. Uh, yeah, so Taco Bell. How did we get on that? We're talking guys? about the fruit of the spirit is singular. Oh, Ray ordered a bunch of different no, stuff. Yeah, whatever. Uh, what I really love is when you can speak in the fruit of the spirit and love, which heads up the fruit of the spirit, is First Corinthians 13, where it lists what love is. Love is patient, Ooh. kind, and da, da, da. Substitute the name Jesus, and it fits perfectly, and then drop in your name, and you realize how far you fall short mm. of what you should be oh, asked. Wow. Question. You know, years ago, I wrote a, a poem where I took all the attributes of 1 Corinthians 13 uh, and, you know, love is patient, love is kind, so on and so forth. And then 1 John 3.18, which says, Little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's good to start here, right? The fruit of the Spirit, the, the first crowning, real kind of defining fruit is love. Yeah. Uh, are you interrupting me? No, I'm just pointing out. I, I was just. <laughs> do you do a poem every time we have a podcast? Uh, yes. I, I'm noticing. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> if not out loud in my heart. Do you have any poems that you have not said out loud that we do not know of? I like oh, that. Uh, I like the silent yeah. poem you do. The what? A silent one. <laughs> Give us a Rachel poem. Give us a Rachel poem that you wrote Rachel poem? that we've oh, never heard. Oh, yeah. I'll throw down on that one. Yeah, these were the first words Rachel heard of my love for her. Now, this uh, is your wife. My wife, Ray Comfort's daughter. My friend. Right? It's, she's basically Ray Comfort without a beard, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, Please don't tell her that. It'll puff her up. It'll make a poem. I want to hear this poem. It'll make so you wrote a poem to Rachel. This is the first poem that she's hearing from you. This is the first she ever heard of my love for her. We were friends for about five months. Talk about tangents, you guys. Okay. Um, and I heard this, by the way. It's in the first of your 12-part series that you have on, uh, that I give to my kids because my kids get married. Oh, my marriage. Yeah, your marriage. Yeah, yeah. Is it 10 or 12? Uh, 12. You're going to give it to us or not? No, I? Yes. Um, yeah, so she, five months we were friends, never heard of, um, we were both in love with each other, hadn't said a word. I heard Ray Comfort was going to kill did. me. You did. You called her a buddy. Oh, yeah, my little buddy. How, oh. how demeaning. And I pat her on her head. How frustrating. She'd come to me and says, little I love buddy. him so much, and he calls me his buddy. Little buddy. <laughs> I still do it once in a while. <laughs> anyway, um, so, th- so I took her to the chart house, and I asked her her favorite area. She said Dana Point. Took her there, planned everything out. We had dinner, went, stood outside. It was cold. I said, let me go get my jacket. And I had all these gifts and a rose and a gold bracelet and all this stuff. And Anyway, I come from behind. I put my arm around her, never touched her, and I just feel this... <laughs> And it was in a New Zealand accent when she did it. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, the so, last the, day she'll so come I pray. Us. 
I pray we open our eyes. These are the very first words she heard of how I felt about her ever in the history of the world. Isn't that cool that we know the exact You're going to mess up the poem. You're going to mess it up. I probably will. A billion times a billion. You're an evil Let him go because this is beautiful. All right, go. Post-COVID laugh again. Okay, this time I'm going to do it. Just keep your eyes closed. I just can't look at Mark. Okay. I feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) A billion times a billion things have passed before my eyes. Things of different color, different shape, and different size. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep going. What did she think? Though I stared at pleasant things, there is one thing true. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) The longest stare. Could not compare to but a glimpse of you. My ears have heard a trillion words, many most profound. Yet one whisper from your lips remains the sweetest sound. (laughs) Experiences are moving, and some have moved me much. Yet I've never been as moved as I've been by your touch. Daisies may be dazzling, yet you're magnificent. No rose that ever grew or grows can match your fragrant scent. Honey, in its sweetness, as sweet as it may be, compared to you, it's bitter. You're the sweetest thing to me. You captured all my senses, yet that's the truth in part. The rest of me you raptured when you swept away my heart. If you would but allow me this most unworthy youth, then I would demonstrate my love to you in deed and truth. This was my confession, my earnest cry and call to you, my dearest Rachel, the fairest one of all. And then wow. she punched me in the nose. No, I thought she was, she was going to say, off running. No, she, that was no, she should have responded by saying, so thanks, nice. buddy. No, seriously. <laughs> that's, that's, that was just beautiful. Thank and you. for any father to have <coughs> yeah. a, a son-in-law treat my wife as you've treated my daughter is just so mm. thrilling. Because that's what you want. You. you want respect for your daughter. Yeah. And you doing that and buying all those gifts and Valentine gifts began a rival bet- rivalry between you and me. <laughs> That I just destroyed. You remember what happened when I? Yes, the mug? I very much do remember. Where you what would happened. you would send me pictures of all the Valentine gifts, and I was I was somewhere I since Chicago or somewhere, and I purchased this <laughs> cup that just says I love you, and I thought this will do it, and I, it cost a lot of money, and I put it in a bag, and I brought it home and, and left back there, <laughs> and on on uh, what was it on Valentine's Day, <laughs> I opened it up and gave it to my wife, and so on the other side it said Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really I love you, Mother? <laughs> Which, the moral of the story is, Ray Cuffer can never outdo me. No. Um, well, that's yeah, because... You wrote a poem. The, yeah, I wrote a poem. Um, the, the thing is, <laughs> the way you proposed to Rachel just reminded me how my wife proposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. She just said, let's get married. And I said, that sounds good. And we did. Uh, Ray, bad. I want to hear the poem that you wrote to Sue. Roses oh, are red. red. Oh, no. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Sometimes some poems rhyme. Some don't. But that's not original. That was... Brilliantly. By the way, up. did you guys notice what I did in that poem? You made a mess of it? That I went through every sense, <laughs> taste, oh. touch, laughter. And sound. that was all by memory for those of you who are listening. And does that make it easier to remember when, you, when you're thinking of the five Sometimes. Because how do you like remember that. such large portions of text? No, it just happens. You can't remember how you remember. Okay, so back to the real poem I was going to share. Thank you. But that was a fun tangent. Um, so I took all the attributes of First Corinthians 13 and then First John 3.18, let us not love in word or in tongue. But indeed, in truth, because when we say to someone, I love you, what we're saying is I'm patient towards you. I'm kind towards you. I don't behave rudely. I don't seek my own. I don't, mm. you know, keep records of wrongs, etc. So this kind of combines those. First John 3.18, let us not love in word or in tongue, but indeed and in truth. And that's huge because, you know, in our culture, I love you has become like a greeting. 
You know, hi, I love you. Bye, I love you. Hamburger, fries, and a shake. I love you. I mean, it's just, but there's no meaning. Whereas, Ray, back in generations past, like in your generation, 1800s, um, <laughs> you, you guys, you guys wouldn't say I love you. It's the 1700s. Just the 18th century. Even nowadays, I, I, I take someone and say I love you, but it feels weird as a guy. And even seeing those little hearts, it's yeah, kind of weird. I, I still feel weird about that. Yeah, they but, need to do hearts with a sort Ray, of. Ray, when you were growing <gasps> up in your generation, it was, it was rare that people would say I love you, but, but the love was there. The, yes. act- the actions were there. Like neighbors cared for each other. They took care of each other. Family was there for each other. Anyway, so here's the poem. <clears throat> Anything else? Yes. That was it. What do you think? That was good. <laughs> it all rhymes, too. <laughs> Love me not with words. Speak of patience. Show me haste. Speak of kindness. Show me meanness. What a waste. What a waste. I'm not jealous, yet you envy. I'm not boastful, yet you gloat. I'm not rude. I'm not selfish, yet that's not what you promote. Talk of calmness, talk of peace, walk in anger, walk in rage, talk forgiveness, yet not cease, holding grudges old with age. I hate unrighteousness, you say, yet applaud it every day. I hate lies, yet devise sneaky schemes and foul play. I'll stick it through with you, believe in you, and hope the best. Yet in the time of trouble, this was not at all expressed. So love me not with words, for words shall not prevail. Love me indeed and truth, for true love shall not fail. Mm. Now, I just got to say something here. It's very important. I'm not a poetry fan. Mm. I'm really not. But I love your poetry because it's got depth, and I think you should publish a book of easy poetry. Thank you. Seriously, would you have enough for a book? Uh, not now, but I, I think I could if I put my mind to doing that. And Ray, you surprised me years ago, and you, we've talked about it before, where you, when you took a, a bunch of my poetry and put it in uh, Springboard's for effective evangelism. And, and it's in the Evidence Bible. Yes, the opening of the Evidence Bible, opposite Genesis chapter 1, is your poem that goes on and on and the on. The creation poem. Which I yeah, actually we won't love. share that one. Because <laughs> that lasts about 20 minutes. Um, beautiful. You know, Paul Tripp just released a book on his poetry. Really? It's really good. What? Does he do like rhyming poetry? or? Uh, it goes back and forth, oh. but it's it's with a bunch of like really well done photography. Mm. And then there's a poem right next to it. It's That's really awesome. well, well yeah. done. All right, guys. Fruit of the Spirit. So, uh, Ray, why don't you talk about uh, some of the different attributes of the fruit of the Spirit? That We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week. Goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah, I think one that's totally ignored is uh, temperance. It's a joke in the world. Self-control. Yeah, self-control, temperance. Um, self-control when it comes to alcohol, food, etc. And the world says, I'm free to do what I want, and they're not. They become slaves to gluttony and yeah. alcoholism and all the things. You know, the Bible speaks, when it speaks of law, it speaks of the law of liberty. Law produces liberty, not bondage. And you say, how does that work? Well, think of a football game. 
if it's a lawful game, everyone obeys the rules, you've got a free game. Mm-hmm. But if there's transgression all over the place, there's stopping for penalties, stopping for penalties. It's a mess. And America has forsaken that law of liberty, yeah. and it's an absolute mess in every area. Yeah. Uh, so self-control is huge within a marriage yep. to, to feel anger and yet keep it under. And I'm so pleased sometimes if I get upset about something and I keep it under and then realize I was totally wrong. Hmm. Like two minutes ago, I thought something. Now I found something else out, and I was so pleased. Didn't let my mouth run off as it wanted to. Yeah. And so that's huge in marriage, and and it's love, joy, peace, patience. Patience is so good, but I don't like how we get patience. Hmm. And God says, "You want patience? Okay, tribulation works. Patience. You know, Lord, yeah. I want patience. I want it right now, sort of thing." And so we get <coughs> patience by God putting us in the lion's den and trusting Him. And so, but these these are. Um, Guys, I just got to say this. The, the older I get in the Lord, the more aware I am that I lack yeah. mm. the fruits. Yeah. I lack love. My dog makes me mad sometimes. Thinking, what am I? I'm supposed to be a Christian. I've lost patience with him. I just, you know? well, I just, I just this morning had this exact experience. As I'm praying and kind of resting my mind on the things that we're talking about, I had, it's like the Lord showed me, you think you are growing in the fruits of the spirits and that you've like somehow hit some plateau of awesomeness. And then just this morning, he reminded me, here's what happened. I was at a gas station, and I get done filling up. And this guy, it's not in the best neighborhood. And this guy, like, kind of starts walking towards me. And he looks all disheveled. He's got pink hair. It's a big mess. He's got a dirty shirt. He's wearing pajamas. And I get in my car, and I turn it on. And he, like, points at me like a trigger finger, which to me, like, is kind of aggressive, you know? And I'm like... I'm not gonna make eye contact with him. I'm just, I'm driving away. So I get in my car and I drive away, but I have to drive past him. And so as I drive past him, I see in my side mirror, now he's pointing at me again. And I'm like, does he think that I was trying to like run, like run past him? Or I'm just trying to, like, I'm just, I'm leaving. I need to go to work, you know? So I get in the lane, all the way, it's like four lanes across, right? So there's this busy street, four lanes away from the gas station. And now I'm watching some other guy who's a homeless guy dancing. So I got this homeless guy dancing in front of me and this other dude over here. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm away from him. And then in my rear mirror, I see him come up, the same guy with the pink hair, come around my car and behind me towards the passenger door. And I'm like, is he gonna try to open the door? So I go and I lock the door and then he starts doing something, but I don't hear the door jiggling. So I look in the mirror and he's closing my gas tank. Oh. I forgot that I left it open. Such and he an closes it. You are yeah, I know. He closes it, gives me the thumbs up, and then walks away. And I was thinking to myself, man, here I am, so self-involved, hmm. thinking about what I need to do with my day missing the opportunity for this guy to try to love on me, you know, and, mm. and try to look after his neighbor who he doesn't even know. Wow. And he goes out of his way, four lanes over in the middle of traffic to close my wow. gas lid. Wow. That's like the beginning of audacity. Remember that? All right. The That's guy right. banging on the door, oh, on the window, because yes. there's a train coming and she's freaking out and screaming. She doesn't realize he's trying to warn her that the train's coming. Actually, I watched that the other day. I thought that was a brilliant opening. Yeah. Glad I thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ray thought of it, friends, just so you know. FYI. Yeah. Um, wow, Oscar, that's convicting. You know, it is convicting. And I think, how, how awesome is it that the Lord 
gives us. Although I'm just going to say something. In Southern California, there's a guy wearing pajamas putting some at you, something at you. Don't get it. You can't say, "Hey, I was listening to Oscar's story." Blam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But how gracious the Lord is to give us a checklist, if you would, for lack of, I can't think of a better way to put it. Uh, yes. No, someone's waving at me through the studio door. It <laughs> was Joel. Serious. He waved and I waved back. All oh, right, like, comfort. Mm. But, you know, kind of an, or maybe it's better to say an inventory list, you know, to, to, to look and examine our hearts and say, Lord, where, where am I here in this regard? You yes. know, because obviously there are times when we can wane in, 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 you know, bearing some of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Who are you waving at I'm now, I'm not Ray? waving at. I'd like okay. to say something. I've raised yes. my hand. Is When the scriptures say, examine yourself and see if you're in the faith, mm. as it says, uh, that's what we should look for, fruit. Yeah. Fruit of the Spirit, yeah. fruit of praise, fruit of thanksgiving, fruit of repentance. I love that. It's, it's like the fruit of the Spirit is often used as a measuring stick to compare Christians and non-believers, but yeah. it's not meant to be that. It's meant to be a mirror to reflect our need for a Savior mm. and to reflect the kind of character that he's building in us through his spirit. You know, in the fruit of the spirit, it's in direct contrast right. as we see the acts of the sinful nature in yeah. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. It says, the acts of the sinful nature, obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That right? list sounds like tonight's TV lineup. It, right. do, doesn't it? But it, it also, much to Oscar's point, it is a litmus test to kind of see where you're at, right? right. What mm-hmm. is the fruit that naturally, normally comes from you? When somebody thinks of you, which area do they think of? Do they think mm-hmm. of somebody that is impure or somebody who is pure that kind of reflects the nature and the character of God? Or do you reflect the nature and the character of the world, which would be lying and stealing and debauchery and covetous of one another's goods? Yeah. That's the litmus test. You can examine yourself to see if you're in the faith by simply seeing what is the fruit that exudes from you naturally because who you are in private is who you really are. Mm. Wow. It's frightening thought. Yeah, and to think of the contrast in our lives when we think back of who about who we were. Such were some of you is what I was thinking. Yeah, and, and you come to know Christ and he just starts changing you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, I never knew I could like care for somebody or or show restraint or self-control. I mean, we talked about self-control earlier. That's the furthest thing from any unbeliever in terms of like, you know saying no to sin. Why would you do yeah. that? If you're an unsaved, red-blooded male, you have the opportunity to sin, and I'm not going to get into details, why would you ever not? Yeah. Right. God's not asking you to clean your life up. He's commanding you to lay your life down. Yeah. There's a difference because the change that needs to happen, it actually has to happen from God. God grants repentance that leads to the truth. If we're going to have a change of mind, which is a change of actions, where do you begin? Because our hearts desire the things of this world, and only a Christian is going to be able to reflect the true imagery that reflects the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Ray, talk about joy as a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, joy should issue from faith. Faith produces joy, and as I've often said, joy produces a physical energy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I love it when non-Christians say, I don't have any faith. I say, you've never rolled up to a 
a, a stop sign and stopped and then left when the light says red. You, you've got trust in the, in the lights in front of you. I often watch pedestrians. I come zooming up like 30 miles an hour to lights and I stop. And I notice people don't even look at my car. They're trusting that my brakes mm-hmm. work. Yeah. They're trusting that I'm not texting. Totally with their lives. Absolute faith. Faith in doctors, faith in air, airplanes, faith in pilots. And yet faith in God is is uh, evidenced by the joy we have in believing His promises. Mm. You have joy and peace in believing. So, mm. faith, which is a fruit of the Spirit, goes hand in hand with joy. Which what's manifests. the difference, though, between joy and happiness? I think happiness is what what comes from what happens. Joy, Jesus said, rejoice not because uh, the demons are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Yeah. That's faith. Mm. I trust that God keeps His word. I trust His integrity, and I have immediate joy as much as I trust. If I if I live by happiness, I'm going to be disillusioned very quickly. The minute I drop, get dropped into a lion's den, the Bible promises that we enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Mm-hmm. There's going to be lion's dens, red seas. Um, almost every day there's something annoying. And so that's why the world gets so disillusioned. They live for happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, our peace of mind and our well-being comes through trust in God that he's working all things to our good and we believe his promises. I love, in case somebody missed it, I love what you just said, which is our happiness is based on what happens. You're exactly right because our happiness is circumstantial, but our joy is positional. What I mean by that is that understanding our position before God and his promises and our role in his overall story, which is that we are redeemed by him uh, and for him, then that joy can carry us through circumstances that are difficult. Right. You have, have a good example of the Titanic. The passengers inside of a lifeboat, you know, they, they're not happy as they look at their loved ones fall right. down into that icy grave in the North Atlantic, right. but rather they have a joy that is inexpressible. It's outside of their situation, their circumstance. And scripture tells us to rejoice because our name is written in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Uh, Oscar. Oh, sorry. Just thought of the acronym for joy. Remember what that is? Oh, Jesus, Jesus others, others, yourself. yourself. Yes, and that's, that's... I knew it before no, you. But I said, no, I said it yeah, look, No, I you. think I said no, it slightly. No, you first. cheated. Look, I was... Notice who didn't say anything at all, though. <laughs> Oscar. Yeah, but I, was, I was the judge. No, I was first. Boy, fruit of the Spirit on display here. Yeah. yeah. Right it's now. such a sort of a, a silly little saying, but it's so profound. Jesus, others, yourself. Mm. Um, happy are you if you know these things and do them, Jesus said when he talked about washing each other's feet. So in a marriage, if you live for your partner and for her joy or his joy, for his pleasure, that's, that will be giving you your pleasure. And you become a servant of all. It gives a tremendous mm. sense of happiness and peace. Well, not happiness, but joy in your heart and serving others. For her joy for your husband, for his joy for your wife. Just wanted to clarify yes. that. Yes. You said his or her Okay, Oscar, one more. I wish we could have touched on all of them like very thoroughly, but one more that I think is not one that would be expected, but talk about gentleness. Hmm. Well, I, mean, I think that's hugely important too in, in, in context, especially when it comes to preaching the gospel. We just talked about this in the last episode as we were preaching in an open air setting. The ability to communicate truth in a way that's kind and loving. Or think about a gentle, like, gentleness like this. A gentle, man, a gentle man is someone that has power, but they can restrain it. Mm. And that's what gentleness is. It's having restrained 
power so that you can be kind and patient and gracious towards the people around you. And so whether that's being gentle with anger, which allows us to produce righteous versus unrighteous anger, gentle with words so that we can speak the truth in love. Uh, I think gentleness can be very, like you pointed out, overlooked. We, We often think the less gentle we are, the more we're speaking truth and then we make an excuse for our gen- for our lack of gentleness. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, I love Ray. I love meeting these ginormous human beings like Hank. Remember your friend Hank? I was going to say Hank. No, Hank. Yes. Remember we did that video with him. He's six foot eleven. Remember he held me. We did that video. It went into my imaginations. I was standing at a bus stop and I see this giant guy, yes. and it goes into him holding me up in the air and punching me in the face. And then I, and then it comes back to reality, and I reach out to him to try to share the gospel, and he's like. Oh, thank you very much. You know, but but I love seeing these big, mean, hard-looking Christians, and you talk to them, and they are the biggest teddy bears. I'm sitting yeah. here. Just easy. gentleness. Yes. I didn't say dwarfs. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love the uh, character of Jesus in the sense that he was a man's man in clearing the temple. Uh-huh. Mm. Just absolutely love it to think that he had muscle on him because he was a carpenter, obviously, and... Uh, and with one man and one whip, he terrified the whole lot of them. I mean, they could have said, hey, guys, there's this one guy. What are you running for? Let's just get him. But he, he had that strength authority, of both yeah. character, yeah. authority and physical strength, and yet such gentleness to reach out and touch people and yeah. say, mm-hmm. suffer the little children or let the little children come to me. And, uh, and that's, he described himself as gentle. And yeah, I'm meek and, yeah, lowly. Yeah. Oh, love it. Well, you know, I want to wrap up with, with just a <clears throat> you know, kind, kind of wrap. Of, what? You're not going to rap. You already did your poetry. No rapping. That's you want me to rap? You no. want me to rhyme? You want me to do it now and maybe one more time? You want me to keep going? <laughs> Ray just threw a grenade at me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to finish with this uh, analogy. And this is something that I've been writing about actually recently. And your book? Yeah, my book. Uh, and look, in life, when you boil it down, you end up being typically one of two types of people. Uh, in any given situation. Either you are a person who is controlled by the Holy Spirit of God or you're a person who's controlled by the flesh. And typically when you're controlled by the flesh, and that means you're, you're being controlled by people, thoughts, emotions, and circumstances because those are usually the, the channels through which the flesh works. So when you want to look into your life and say, well, who am I controlled by in this given area, as an example? All you have to do is really examine... The, the typical responses you get. Are they in keeping with the fruit of the flesh or are they in keeping with the fruit of the spirit? Because let's say someone, Oscar, let's say, because every thought, every person, person, thought, motion, and circumstance, if you can imagine, has a remote control. Mm. And on that remote are buttons that are designed to send out specific signals to solicit you for specific responses. And, and in that case, it would be in accordance with the fruit of the flesh. So let's say one of your Let's say a person pulls out their remote and they hit the button that says, speak rudely. Well, that sends out a signal that solicits you for a response of what? Outbursts of wrath, mm. which is one of the fruit of the flesh, like Mark, Mark read earlier. Now, at the same time, God has his master remote control, and he's pressing a button on his remote that sends out a signal that solicits you for the opposite response, which is instead of outbursts of wrath, self-control. Mm. And so who do you respond to? Right. The question is, is what, what is the code in your heart, in your receptor device, if you would? Uh, what is that code set to uh, match with? Because if it's set to match with 
people, thoughts, emotions, and circumstances, you're going to respond. Mm-hmm. It's like the television that has remote controls that, that all have the same code that correlate to the code in the receptor. 20 people have those remotes, and they all have codes that match. And they all hit their buttons at the same time and keep hitting buttons. Someone walking by looking in through the window is going to immediately know this television is under the influence of multiple controls. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. the picture of the person who's controlled by people, thoughts, emotions, and circumstances through the fruit of the flesh. That's good. But the person who's governed by God is like that television set that has only one master remote with the code that matches with its receptor device. When people come and start hitting buttons on remotes, signals are going out. They're hitting the receptor uh, mechanism on that television, but it doesn't respond because the codes don't match. That's awesome. But when the owner comes in and hits his master remote button ever so gently, that TV responds immediately. And that's the picture of a person who's controlled by the Spirit because we get our signals from God, and so then we bear the fruit of the Spirit in a given circumstance. Beautiful. That. Does that make sense? Yeah, it certainly does. It's hard to, I didn't articulate it was very exactly complex, like but it made to. sense. I loved it. Yeah, so, so friends, the, the key is, how do you change that then? Well, what does Scripture say? It says to not be conformed to this world, in, in Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians says, don't set your mind on the things below. Set your mind on things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And so how do we change the code then? It's by becoming eternally minded rather than earthly minded. Because when we're earthly minded, we're concerned about the things that affect us in a temporal sense. So then we're, we're open to being controlled by the, by the flesh. But when we're eternally minded, then we have a different perspective. This is temporary. Mm. What matters is this person's soul. What matters is how I glorify God. What matters is what kind of example I am for the gospel. And so that rearranges the code in our minds. We become eternally minded, and now we're, we're open to receiving the signals of the Spirit soliciting us toward the fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes God pushes the mute button. Yeah, like I wish he'd do on you right now, AZ. I did not say that. Oh, you thought so it, though. I, no, you I wrote just, it to me on the Facebook. No, I did I'm not. I'm sick of you guys. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Self-control. Fruit of the um, Spirit. No, I was just thinking, seriously, when someone gets mad at you, that's the button that needs to be pushed, the mute button. Just hold your tongue mm. and things will change. Right. So that's what I was thinking. I wasn't saying, shut up, easy. I love what you say. You're saying. so nice, right? I can't help it. Thank you. You're welcome. Whatever. Um, guys, this has been a, this has been very edifying for me and a good reminder, you know, because we've been meaning to talk to you about your <laughs> <laughs> because you know I want to honor the Lord. I wanna I want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in mm-hmm. my life, and so I want to be eternally minded. That's what's gonna what's gonna shift that. And friends, we hope you've been encouraged by that. Listen, we have the Evidence Bible that is available to help you grow in that regard, right? God's word is what? The sword of the spirit. And one of the ways that you can grow in bearing the fruit of the spirit is engaging yourself in the things that God's spirit is involved in, like prayer, like sharing the gospel, uh, like, uh, you know, the word. So the word of God is the sword of the spirit. The evidence Bible is full of so many resources that are gonna help you grow in your knowledge of God's word and in turn help you bear the spirit. So check it out. Uh, along with all the other resources we have to inspire and equip you in fulfilling the Great Commission. That's why we exist at livingwaters.com, livingwaters.com. God bless you. Go bear the fruit of the Spirit. And whatever you do, don't be like Ray, Mark, and Oscar. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Uh, End up with that. Go serve your king. Oh, you're stealing Todd Friel's line. We're going to get sued, I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, Todd. Yeah. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.